Would you rather start him or Cole Fotheringham in week 17? What if I told you that Cole Fotheringham was more than a tight end? Like that, that, that's nice and cute that you're doing your actual analysis. And I'm doing a deep dive over here on Cole Fotheringham. Not just a Raider. Who, like, I did not get nearly the reaction from you that I was expecting to get. Cole Fotheringham. That's a good name. For the Raiders on Monday. And I think two catches, right? I can tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. One catch for six He's not on the roster now. He's back to the practice practice squad, squad, I believe. Is is Field just impressed with himself? He knew that name. Is that what's happening now? I'm a little confused. No, no, no. no. I'm not impressed. I'm just like, what? But the catalyst needed for Mike Clay's wit. One tight end has had more than 10 fantasy points, or reached 10 fantasy points against him this season. If someone can do it, there's a cool father in him. There's not a cool father in him. It was cold mothering turkey. ESPN's 30 for 30 presents. Okay. Is that's that the, it. Is that the dad joke for the week? That's it. We're done. That was so bad. Mothering turkey. The greatest dad joke ever told on Fantasy Focus. <laughs> Welcome into Fantasy Focus football. That joke doesn't get old. I, do we just pack it in now? Because the show so. is going downhill oh. from that promo cut by the great Tyler, Tyler Mowbray, who oh, was our producer it. for the day. And he joined Tyler joined the show <laughs> probably like, if I had to guess, it's December now. If I had to guess three months About ago, three months ago two, two, three and months, and months ago, ago, somewhere yeah. in that range, uh, came, joined us from the great Pro Football Focus. And he did not reveal to us mm. in the early stages of his ESPN career that he has unbelievable video editing skills. Oh, yeah. And he has worked, obviously, on the Squirrel Report, yes, on this has. show. And yep. it's like every time he puts like a little bit of effort into something, it turns out <laughs> to be like an Emmy award-winning or like an Oscar award-winning movie. And I'm like, why are you wasting your talents here on With Fantasy us. Focus? Exactly. Like, you're so much better than us. Oh, that, that was, was so well much fun. Hey, yeah. check out yesterday's show. If you don't know what that's from, yesterday Mike Field and I had a lot of fun being able to talk about the Week 16 recap, including that unbelievable dad joke that came from Mike Clay out of nowhere. Mothering Turkey. It was forever. He needs to get that tattooed somewhere. Uh, I just still can't believe that Cole fathering ham caught a pass (laughs) on Monday. Like it was one of those where Jim Nance, who's an all time legend, maybe one of the, I don't know, two, three best NFL play by play men ever. I mean, ever. I think about, you know, Pat Summerall, obviously Al Michaels, Jim Nance. It's, it's, you know, those, that's kind of the breath that he breathes. John Madden. I was more of a, he's more of the, you know, the, the well, color guy, color right? Guy. He's okay. the, so the analyst, right? So the guys that are doing the play-by-play, because obviously Madden is the GOAT. Uh, but it's like, I feel like, he, I felt like even he was caught off guard. He was kind of like Cole fathering him. <laughs> like Ron Burgundy This was not there, one right? of those yeah. names I had prepared on my sheet yeah. coming into this. Yeah, so. you know, they make these big flip cards during the week that oh, the, yeah, all do. these guys have. And you got to wonder, like, did he have to put like a little small spot there on, on I guess, Monday when uh, he was yeah. activated from the practice squad? We're going to start highlighting those players. Hey, Fantasy Focus is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service. And on-the-go policy info in the app, it is easy to Geico. My my name is Daniel Dopp, joined by my friend Field G8. Yeah. Field, we already have football tonight. It's, we like, do. it's like we were off for a couple days There's and no now way. football's back. Although I will tell you this, last night, um, I, I, feel, I really felt it. Like I obviously watched the bowl games. It's been a little sure. tougher for me with some of the bowl games to get excited because of the fact that basically everybody's opted out. You know, mm-hmm. last night, North Carolina, West Virginia, no Drake May, their star quarterback, amongst many players that have opted out. I'm not begrudging them. I understand the landscape that we live in, but it has a different feel compared to if it was everybody that is normally available playing. So last night I was like, man, there is just like not a lot of sports on. <laughs> There's not a lot of sports. So I ended up like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, 
time to revisit all the trash TV that I had not, not watched up on. for the past three months. So I am about to fry so many brain cells once this NFL season is over. And I guess even the NFL regular season, because yeah, other than wild card weekend, we only play games on Saturdays and Sundays. Yes. I'm going to be very sad once football season is actually over. Although we are all ready for a little bit of a break. It's always one of those things where it's like you want a break to breathe, but then you don't want football to just go away for the number of months that it goes away for. It's so. a little bit of a problem that we have here, Daniel. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to lie. We're going to keep fighting for this. So, hey, we got a couple of weeks left. We still got some championships Dude, to be able to play it for. It is the championship. It starts tonight. This is the way we look at week 17. I think you and I both feel as though this is the championship. ESPN default goes through week 18, usually because of our league manager powers yeah. that we set up within our leagues. Field and I usually only play in leagues that go through week 17 in order to mitigate all the stuff that happens in week 18. I have zero leagues that go through week 18 this year. So if you do play in a league that goes through week 18, we'll be back next week as well with a yeah. podcast getting you set up. But this is the week that we view as the championship. Field championship. Let's talk about a handful of guys. This is going to be our week 17 preview part one. I want to start with the team that we saw on Monday night football because holy cow, I felt awful for Brock Purdy. Yeah. He looked like, you know what he looked like to me? I felt like he was Sam Darnold seeing ghosts out there. Wow. That's what it looked like where it was Until just like. Until Sam came in well, and relieved him. You know what? Him. Actually, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But it was like old Sam Darnold because it, you know Brock is so much better than that. Course, he just yeah. looked so off. At, things were not great. He had back to back to back. 20-point fantasy games coming into that 2.4-point performance against the Baltimore Ravens field. In spite of that, he's taking on the Washington Commanders, yeah. who give up a million fantasy points to quarterback. I still have him as a top-five guy this week. I'm trusting him. What about you in the fantasy playoffs? I've got him as quarterback four, and I'll be honest with you, Daniel. I thought about putting him higher. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm highest by one spot over the rest of our rankers. <laughs> okay. and it's not like having Brock Purdy as a top-ten option is some like amazing, Crazy. bold take. Yeah, But I'll say this. I think the 49ers are going to be pissed off on Sunday yep. playing the Washington Commanders, and they're going to take it out on the Washington Commanders because I think a lot of people in the general public feel as though Brock Purdy lost the NFL MVP this past Monday night. Definitely. How could you give it to him if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens end up with the one seed in the AFC and clobbered Brock Purdy and the 49ers on the road? Yep. In a matchup of two teams that at the time had 11 wins mm -hmm. and Lamar played brilliantly and Brock Purdy played horribly, I think the 49ers want to prove on Sunday that Brock Purdy is no slouch, that he is not a product of the system, that he is not merely a replacement level quarterback, which all of those things are ridiculous statements to say, Daniel. Mm -hmm. But I understand that we live in the world of social media where more dumb crap is said oh, every yeah. five <laughs> seconds than there was for like the eternity prior to social media. So I think they go out there with a vengeance on Sunday, multiplied not just by the fact, I guess you have not just the fact that it's going to be an opportunity to showcase how great Brock Purdy is. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan returns to Washington. Mm. And while sometimes coaches will talk nice okay. about their prior experience in an organization, I don't think it's any mystery that Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think, hates the Washington Commanders. So I, I think it's that. a double whammy here where Brock Purdy has a massive game. I've got Debo Samuel inside my top six amongst wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver 17. Zach's commanders gave up the second most fantasy points yeah, to I wide mean, receivers. It's a great <laughs> matchup on principle, right? But I think they just bludgeoned them on yeah. Sunday. I think they do it through the air. Obviously, CMC will get his. I have him as my number yes. one ranked running back. As a matter of fact, Mike has him projected for 26.7 points this week. Mike and I were talking about this earlier in the week. Like That might be the highest projection he has for any player in any week this season. 
CMC played 100% of the snaps on Monday night. I don't think that's going to be the case on Sunday for two reasons. One, Elijah Mitchell is now healthy. Two, I don't think he's going to be playing in the fourth quarter because they'll be up by so much. But start all your 49ers. I feel really good about them. The only thing that I will flag, Daniel, is Debo Samuel was limited in practice yesterday with a neck injury. Kyle Shanahan did not make it seem like Mm -hmm. it's a serious matter or something that could cost him time on Sunday. But we'll monitor that one both today and tomorrow. That's going to be big for our board bet if Debo Samuel does not go. Just in case anyone was wondering, Field and I had a board bet on Debo Samuel, whether it was going to be top 20. I think that we can safely say you are probably going to win the top 20 part of that board bet. I also want to say, though, I feel like we both won this one. I've said this to Mike because I told you at the start of the season, I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk at cost than Debo Samuel. And given what Brandon Ayuk has done, he scored one fantasy point less than Debo. So I think both of you are both of you. Both of us are right on this one. Well, I'd say like even if people want to argue who's more right, like neither of us were wrong, right? Like the idea that we really like Debo Samuel, my belief coming into the season was Debo was sort of undervalued because his ceiling was so much higher than receivers that were going ahead of him. And obviously this past Monday night was quiet. But when he had that stretch recently where he was ripping off seven touchdowns in four games, you were reminded of why he was the highest scoring wide receiver two seasons ago. So I agree with you. Um, We'll both be fine in that case. We'll We'll both be totally fine. Uh, Both those guys line up blocks. I am reminded of Brandon Ayuk because uh, I've we've both talked recently about how like, you know, when people ask us for advice, we do our best to get it right. I breathed a big sigh of relief this morning as my next door neighbor has become a very good friend of mine. Uh, he is, we're the same age, have a lot in common. Uh, he has a, a young child. We have obviously two kids now. So yep. we have, you know, the, the parent thing going on and just like being like, we have a lot of the same interests. We're very close. If there's anybody I don't want to let down, it's people that I care about. And mm-hmm. I care about him. Week one, he asked me, I've got Brandon Ayuk and Terry McLaurin for my flex. Oof. Who get taken? And I, you know, it was one of those words, week one, you're kind of just rolling with your gut. And I said, I'm, I'm playing Terry McLaurin, right? Yeah, Thinking that Terry football. McLaurin's awesome. And Brandon Ayuk, like a little more inconsistent. And Ayuk had, I think, the highest scoring week of all wide receivers that week. <laughs> and McLaurin had like five points. Yeah. He texted me this morning. I'm in the fantasy championship. That's what matters. So I did not screw your season. Yes. And hopefully we're still good friends. Hopefully, hopefully we're still buddies. He has come over a little bit less (laughs) since that call. I wonder if that might be the reason behind it. That's so funny. Uh, Field, let's talk about the same game. Commanders running backs. Real quick, just a little uh, housekeeping here. Chris Rodriguez, who we saw score two touchdowns last week, has been placed on IR, will not play the rest of the season, unfortunately. Uh, After two touchdowns this past week, Chris Rodriguez is now out. Uh, That could be interpreted in a couple of ways, Daniel, one of which might be that the team feels as though maybe Brian Robinson is ready to return. It also might be that Rodriguez's injury is bad enough that he just can't play. Um, They did re-add Jared Patterson to the practice squad yesterday, so they are preparing for some sort of depth concerns going into the game on Sunday. We haven't seen Brian Robinson since like week 13, though. It's been a minute. Yeah, he's missed between his bye and then multiple games missed. It has now been, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but that sounds correct. 16, 15, 14, yeah. So, week 13, and by the way, in week 13, he left at halftime. Yeah, right. So it's been three and a half games without Brian Robinson. If he does return this weekend, Daniel, I have him as RB30, and it's hard for me to get a whole lot higher than that because, of course, this 49ers run defense has been awesome. They yep. have allowed the third fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs all season. You don't like that part. And when I sit there and I tell you, I think the 49ers are going to beat the bag out of the commanders on Sunday. What do you do when you're down big? 
generally speaking, you throw the football, throw the football and yeah. not run the ball. So I have Antonio Gibson as RB40, Robinson as RB30. The hope, if you're starting Brian Robinson, is that one of three things happens. They keep it a little bit closer than expected. Yep. Two, he finds the end zone, which he's done a lot this season. Yep. Or three, he gets involved in the passing game, which has happened because he has more receiving yards in a single game, or at least had, mm-hmm. than any other commander until that monster McLaurin game against the Rams <laughs> two weeks ago. So Robinson does have better receiving game chops than I expected from him coming into the season. Yeah, it's a little bit boom bust with his receiving game usage because it's not like... Completely, yeah. You have no idea which week it's always going to work out. This is The hard part for me with this one is the matchup. Going against the 49ers, hasn't played in a handful of weeks. You want to tempt fate? Yeah. Not really. Not makes really. Me nervous. Totally I'm, makes me nervous. I'm with you on that. Um, I think that uh, I always remind people of this, but when you play in large leagues, which you and I do in a couple of different cases, sometimes you're the microscope that you view these things through is a little bit different. different and so I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm in the war. I'm like, my options, if it's not Brian Robinson or like, you know, I mean, we're, we're like down to Dalvin Cook it's, or yeah, it's like Rashawn Johnson yes. or like yeah. hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, but Zamir White, if Josh Jacobs is out. So I'm like, if I get B-Rob back, I am cooking You're this feeling weekend. Good. Yeah. Meanwhile, on a 10 team league, I'm like, no way I would be starting Brian Robinson if I am supposing that about 20 running backs are being started this weekend. Yep. All right, let's move ahead. Talk about the Bengals. Bengals yes, Here's my it. question. Let's assume that we get Jamar Chase back. We're assuming that, and that's, yeah. not, that's not definitive. We do not know. He was a DNP technically in practice on Wednesday. That's right. Although he was like, it was a walkthrough. Yes. He was out there. It sounds like, and maybe Tyler, the aforementioned producer, can confirm this. Sounds like Cincinnati, like the, the delineation point is if you wear a jersey, it means you're practicing. <laughs> If you don't wear a jersey, you are not practicing. Right. You are off to the side rehab field. It sounds like he was not in a jersey yesterday. So uh, the other thing that I'll remind people is that Stefania has told us that Zach Taylor might be one of the flimsiest coaches mm. in terms of like paying attention to what he says. Um He's not like one. He's not like a, a Belichick type where he gives you nothing. It's like he gives you something, but it could mean literally anything. Like day to day, could mean the player is gonna be one hundred percent that week. It could also mean that he's out for two months. Yeah. So as we saw with Joe Mixon a couple of years ago with that foot issue. So um, I don't know on Jamar Chase. So but me, if he does play, it, so this is my question. First off, he did not practice like you said, but yep. he was off onto the side field doing rehab like you had mentioned. So yep. he was doing something. If he does play. Yep. And let's just, we'll do two different conversations. Okay. If he goes, yeah. do you think he gets the luxurious sneed shadow? I do. And, and I'm not that, Mike, but I do. Okay. Yeah. And so if that happens right now, I think we both have him as a top 15 wide receiver. Yeah. Understanding he's banged up, going to have that shadow. Are you going to move him down from 15 or have you already baked all that in? I kind of baked it all in. Okay. And, and this reason is that remember a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football, after the Jake Browning experience looked really bad the first time out, yep. Jamar Chase against the Jaguars came out and cooked. Now, the Jaguars are an inferior defense to the Chiefs, and yes. specifically in the secondary, but it's a reminder that like with some players, their superstardom and their potential supersedes any other factors. The quarterback they have, the defense they're facing, the circumstances of the game. If they play, you play them. Yep, That will be where I land on Jamar Chase, but it actually might mean good things for T. Higgins because if Jamar Chase is out, I would think Legereus Need might shadow T. Higgins. Yep, I would think that. I've got him as wide receiver 28 this week, which is like, you know, on the borderline of being started. A reminder that we talked about this last week with Cincinnati. I'm not sure how many teams in the NFL right now spread the ball out more 
across a million different receivers yes. than the Bengals do. Jake Browning throws it to everybody. Everybody. So you can just start listing the names off. They've got like four tight ends that play. Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Herb Smith Jr. we have seen at times this year. We've seen Trenton Irwin. We've seen, obviously, Tiggins and Jamar Chase. We've seen Tyler Boyd. We've seen Andre Yoshivas. We've seen yes. Chase Brown. We've seen Joe Mixon. That's 11 guys right there. Did you say Mitchell Wilcox? Mitchell yet? Wilcox, who also plays a role for that's Travion 12 Williams. players. Tra- I mean, Travion, uh, I think, might be hurt still. But anyways, the point is that this team likes to spread it around. They are the anti-Rams in that regard, who throw the ball to like four, maybe five players if yeah. they're feeling generous in a given week. Okay, so let's say Jamar Chase doesn't go, yeah. and you get a luxurious Sneed shadow mm-hmm. on T. Higgins instead. Right now, we've got him as 28 because we assume Chase is going to go. Where would T. Higgins move up if there is no... He wouldn't climb as high as where Jamar Chase is, is, but he would climb closer to 20 than 28, which is where he is right now. So like wide receiver 22, 23, I'd have to look at it a little bit closer based off of two things. One, um, or most importantly injuries that we are monitoring right now because yep. there are a few uh, beyond Jamar Chase. We'll talk about one for tonight's game specifically that could impact that top 20 to 25 of wide receivers. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of confidence in Tyler Boyd or anyone else past one of these two wide receivers. Honestly, because the, of the fact that they spread it around right? too much. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those two wide receivers and it's Joe Mixon. Yeah, and Joe true. Mixon is just like, I got to tell you this field like Joe Mixon. I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but like Joe Mixon's not like fun to watch. Like he's, kind of plotting he yeah. gets he gets it done right but like kind he doesn't like have a I, spark yeah, he feels to me like what i thought james connor would be coming into the season oh which by the way james connor's kind of been what we thought he was going to be right he's still like this pretty Unsexy, boring but productive. Num- yeah rb2 joe mixon's like maybe a little bit more than that because the touchdown upside is greater and the passing game utilization is I, also greater i think because i've seen chase brown run next to him and yeah. i see how much like juice there is in his legs. Totally. It makes Joe Mixon look even less. I think that's fair. So an interesting couple of weeks coming up for Joe Mixon because if Cincinnati does not make the playoffs, could this end up being his final two games Ooh. with the Bengals? They have a lot of difficult decisions to make financially because they have a lot of really good players. Yep. It's a great game, by the way, yeah. potentially. I mean, you know that Cincinnati does not fear going to Kansas City in general, even with Jake Browning and not Joe Burrow. But also right now, they got to be thinking to themselves, we can beat that team. Absolutely. Like, we can beat that team. we got the Orlando Brown Jr. revenge game. Congrats That's right. to him on becoming a dad, by the way, recently. Um, so yeah, have thought that in week 17, we would be saying very like legitimately, there's a chance that Jake Browning could beat Patrick Mahomes this week. Dude, it's wild. It's a crazy, crazy season. Uh, the last two weeks are going to be nuts in general. Obviously for fantasy purposes, but also in the 12 teams alive in the AFC right now for the playoffs. Oh my gosh. One division <laughs> clinched. Excuse me, zero divisions clinched. Wait, did Baltimore clinch? I think Baltimore clinched. I think they clinched a playoff spot, but not the division. Not the Let division. Let me make that clear because the Browns still could win the division. If uh, the Ravens go 0-2 and, and the Browns go 2-0. and Unlikely. They could win. You never know. <laughs> you, you never, never know. know. You're right. You never you know. know. That's You're the right. NFL for you. That's so fair. yes. Um, there's a lot at stake over the final two weeks of the season in the AFC playoff wow, picture. Wow, you are right. I'm looking at the AFC playoff picture. Zero clinched division. No one has clinched the division. Two I, in the NFC. Yeah, the, I mean, the Lions oh, and the duh, 49ers, obviously. Duh, yeah, the Lions. No People forget about that yeah. already. Hey, we talked about all the things going on in the NFL field. I need to take a break, and we need to talk about this one. Yeah, we should. The Denver Broncos are benching Russell Wilson. Crazy. It's crazy, and it's not. So uh, here's what I would say. There are things that are sometimes like more shocking than surprising. Mm-hmm. I think that's a maybe like a little bit of a semantics thing, but I think if you understand it, you understand it, right? Yep. Like, yep. It's shocking because Russell Wilson, two off seasons ago, 
was traded for two first round picks. Yes. No fan, Drew Locke, yep. Shelby Harris. Yep. With a fourth round pick as well going to Denver. Did he sign a big deal? $85 million. Already paid to Russ. Already paid. $85 million with a whole boatload left, right? Like at the time, it was the richest quarterback contract ever. All of these factors make it shocking, excuse me, shocking that he is benched, right? Like yep. a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a player who has been a multi-time Pro Bowl or a guy who was the quarterback one in fantasy for a full season. And it sounds like they've been like trying to bench him for like a while at this point. Yeah, so now it's like, this is like the end of the road. Like this was not, hey, we thought that he played poorly in one game. It's time to do it. No, it's like no. we were we kind of bracing for this and... The first three quarters of Saturday, what game? A Sunday. Sunday's game. Whatever day Christmas Eve was, broke the camel, was the straw that broke the camel's back for Russell Wilson. But it's not surprising if you think about it in a couple of different ways. Like, first of all, new coach and Sean Payton has as much authority probably as any coach not named, I would think probably Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, right? He can do what he wants. And he is a quarterback believer and guru. They signed Jared Jared Sidham, the new starter, to a two-year, like, $10 million contract this offseason, mm. which it's not like that's bananas, right? And we have been big supporters on this podcast of having a capable backup plan, but for a team that was fairly airtight to the cap for much of this offseason, spent a bunch of money elsewhere already, for them to drop $10 bucks on Jared Sidham, you're kind of like, huh? And then... The interactions between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have been very odd for a quite some time. Yes. Yeah. So shocking more than surprising. And yet here we are. Russell Wilson will be the backup quarterback for the Broncos on Sunday against the Chargers. And I, I realize that I think you said this, but regardless of what happens, they are going to have like $85 million in dead money for 2024. So it's a little complicated on exactly what the dead money cap ramifications are. There are a few different avenues. Um, Here's what I would say. Here's where I am like comfortable leaving it for now okay. rather right. than going through every single one of those scenarios is no matter what they do to get out of this contract, trade, cut, cut with a post June 1 designation, they're screwed. I mean, it's going to be a massive knot to untie yep. going forward, but we've seen the Eagles do it with Carson Wentz. We've seen teams do, you know, like the Rams obviously acquired Matthew Stafford when they traded Jared Goff to your yep. Lions, but yep. it was a big dead money hit. Like we have seen teams untangle these kind of knots before, but for a franchise in the Broncos that wants to win right now, that yeah. was why they hired Sean Payton and he wanted to win this year, having to untangle that knot and also taking steps forward is going to be difficult this offseason. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. Yeah. <clears throat> I will handcuff the franchise and help, not help them. Nope. Be not going to help build them. out the things that they're looking for. So let's talk about this week. Yeah. Field Yates, Jared Stidham, under center. Yeah. If you've got either Jerry Judy yep. or Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. that you have got to rely on this week, level of confidence with Jared Stidham under center. I for actually me, feel pretty good about this. Really? For me, it's medium to medium low. Okay. So medium to medium low. Um, how do you take your stake? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rare, medium, okay. rare, rare Thank guy. You. Right. That's the appropriate way. Yeah. People who have their steaks like medium well, like make me think twice about whether mm. I should be consuming yeah. food with them. I'm with you. Um, I always, my dad told me as a kid, he said, you have to ask to have it to the chef's preference. Oh, and the chef will deliver you a steak that's like medium rare because no chef's coming out with like a bird Without, steak. You know, that's fair. That's um, fair. so Sutton's of a question mark. He is in the concussion protocol. He missed practice Still yesterday. Is. Yep. If he plays, I feel pretty good about it because he's been really good this season. Mm-hmm. We don't know whether he'll play or not. Jerry Judy plays with Cortland Sutton being out. 
Let me ask. I'm going to do the wide receivers part before I get back to Jared Siddham. Can you really trust Jerry Judy of all wide receivers? Like as much talent as he has, as much opportunity as there could be, it feels just as possible for me that Jerry Judy has like four catches on seven targets as it is that he has seven catches on 10 targets with Cortland Sutton now. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday night, when Cortland Sutton got hurt early, for a while the Broncos were still rotating a bunch of wide receivers, right? I mean, it's like Brandon Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey and Marvin Mims and obviously Jerry Judy is playing some. Um, there's so many different pass catchers in this offense. Lucas Kroll and Adam Troutman and like, you know, Javante Williams and Samaje Pierre and Angelo yep. McLaughlin. They got a lot of guys there that I don't feel great about starting Jerry Judy, but I do feel confident in Jared Siddham within the construct of like, you know, quarterbacks that we have ranked between like 15 and 20. Sure. And maybe this is me manifesting something that I will talk about later on in the show. Two quarterback leagues. Jared Stidham signed that deal this offseason that was reflective of a player that the Broncos felt like was a priority for them, right? I think that Sean Payton really believes in Jared Stidham. Does he believe in him enough that he's going to be like a five-year starter for the Broncos? No. But does he believe in him enough that Sean, who has great confidence in his own offense, feels like we can win with this guy? I do. Against a bad Chargers team, obviously. Yep. Moreover, Daniel. Yep. After benching Russell Wilson... I think Sean Payton wants to come out and make a statement on Sunday. I don't think the offense is going to operate like it has because candidly, the offense has been extremely conservative. Yeah. Right. I mean, they were down 16 points in that game on Sunday in like late in the third quarter. And as somebody who had Jerry Judy and needed some fantasy points, deep league, they were running the ball. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing this? Now I get it. They ended up tying the game. Still, like they don't seem or they did not seem to feel as though Russell Wilson could totally like you could take the chains off the offense entirely and just let Russell Wilson cook. Right. Right. I think there's going to be something to be said. For, like, I think they want to have Jared Siddham go out there on Sunday and Sean kind of remind the world. The quarterback may have been held, holding us back, not the other way around. Right. So that's that's my thought process there, which whether it's right or wrong, we'll see. Yeah. Jared Siddham, who acquitted himself very well in his first start ever last year. Remember, he came in week 17, 16 or 17. I believe it was week 16. Yeah, week six, week 17, excuse me. Week 17 last year, Jared Siddham taking on the, the 49ers. Best defense in the NFL, and he shredded them in the first half. Shredded them. So I think he's capable enough. I think Sean wants to make this offense a bit more aggressive, that it gives me a bit more confidence. And Jared Siddham is like a top 16 to 18 quarterback. Okay. All right. Yeah. Low end QB two if you need him in like yeah. a, a super flex kind of thing. We'll talk about how I might need him a little bit. I'll tell you what. I don't feel great about Jerry Judy only because of the idea that he's never hit 15 fantasy points in a game. Right. Uh, that would be nice. So like, like 15 once. Just one time. Since That'd be great. By, three catches, five catches, two catches, three catches, two catches, three catches, three catches. Like he's just not utilized within this offense. He didn't so have a catch or a target until like the fourth quarter this past Sunday. Maybe things will be different with Jared Stidham and it's maybe. tough to be able to know that going into the yeah, game. I mean, but, as much as I think Stidham could have a reasonable night like i'm still saying like hey yeah i think Sid yes. has a chance to get like 17 <laughs> fantasy points right i'm not talking about jared lighting up for like 25 because if he has 25 it probably means jerry judy had a big night as well yes or he scored three rushing touchdowns oh that would be I'll so take it. frustrating you know what? if you if you played him that would be too, i'll take true. it yeah. yeah all right we're going to talk about a couple more games in just a minute field Lions. but first let's talk some bills home auto prize sports memorabilia 
Whatever you need to protect, GEICO can help get you covered. And with the award-winning GEICO mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. Catch all your favorite live sports with Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and buzzer beater. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Give the gift of Vivid Seats this holiday season. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Experience it live. All right, moving right ahead here. Talking about some Detroit Lions. We got a Saturday yeah. night game, a Monday night game on Saturday, yeah. I think. This is, is the important it. part of the show. For everybody that's been listening for the first 20, whatever it is, 27 minutes, welcome to the part that actually matters. Huge game. Huge. Huge game. We might not have more fantasy assets in a, in a better game in week 17 as far as totally. I'm concerned. When you look at the Detroit Lions field, to me, it starts with the running back situation. Let's talk about Jameer Gibbs and yeah. David Montgomery. I have no idea how anyone would have Jameer Gibbs at this point with what he did last week against Minnesota as anything other than a a true RB1, set it and forget it. He should be in your fantasy lineup because this kid looks like the truth. Thousand percent. Imagine if I told you that we would be saying what we just said with Jameer Gibbs having under 20 receiving yards in each of his past four games. Wow. Like that was supposed to be the way in which Jameer Gibbs became a top five running back was, hey, he's catching seven passes a game and he's just mashing a la Alvin Kamara for much of this season. No, we're getting like early career Alvin Kamara where like the explosive runs are just as important as the potential in the passing game. So I have him as RB5 as do you just a couple of spots ahead of ESPN consensus. And I still think David Montgomery is usable in fantasy this week. Let me ask you this. What is the number of touches from a capable running back that you would say, I want at least this many combined carries and targets to feel like he is a startable player? Startable player, I would probably want at least 14 to 16. Okay. Over the past four games, David Montgomery has at least 19 in three or four. Okay, well, that's pretty good. So if, you know, and is it possible he has only 12 on Saturday night? Sure. But if I told you David Montgomery, if I blindly told you he's getting 19 opportunities against the Cowboys, you'd probably say to me, I'll start him. Yep. A good offense. And I don't exactly know what to make of this Cowboys team or defense. defense They're obviously much better at home, but I don't know that they're like a dominant defense right now, especially against the run. Some of those like tough between the tackles runs that I think David Montgomery can thrive in. Yep. So with that kind of volume, pushing for 20 opportunities a week in three of the past four games, Daniel, I've got him as RB26. So not a lineup lock, but still a usable piece in a 12-team league and maybe, maybe even a 10-team league. Yep. He's a flex play for me, someone that you could throw in there, hoping that you find the end zone with David Montgomery because he... Even though we talked about Jameer Gibbs not getting a lot of passing game usage, David Montgomery gets even less. He still is involved in the passing game a couple times, but it's not a, a huge thing. So you're yeah. hoping you get in the end zone. There's not a whole lot to say about Amon Ross St. Brown other than that this guy is exactly what we thought he was. If you drafted him this year thinking that he was going to be this guy, like you, things played out. It's the lesson that we have to learn that applies for NFL teams now and going forward is that we're going to debate a ton. As a matter of fact, shameless plug here. First draft, new episode is available right now. Mel yes, Kuyper and I is. yesterday debated the top quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft. There's going to be intense debates over the next four months. Drake May versus Caleb Williams versus Jaden Daniels, 
Drake May versus Caleb, Drake May versus Jaden, Jaden versus Caleb, you name it. Every debate imaginable will take place. And I think those players, to me, all represent very clear, high upside prospects. Yep. The challenge when you have a quarterback is to not just let that quarterback be the only thing that matters, but how are you building the offense around that player? Mm -hmm. And what the Lions have done with Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta and others is that they fit. These pieces fit perfectly. Is Amon Ross St. Brown as big or as fast as A.J. Brown? No. No. But does that mean that Amon Ross St. Brown can't thrive as a wide receiver one in this offense? Of course not. And they have done a masterful job largely under the guidance of Ben Johnson in building this offense in a way that is terrific. And it means great things for fantasy purposes. So it's no surprise that the lions have a top five option at three different positions this weekend. I can't imagine any other team, maybe one has that exact same dynamic in play. Yeah. A top five running back, a top top five five wide receiver receiver and a top five tight end, probably 49ers. Oh, well, they, they don't have a top five wide receiver. I mean, Debo's at six, so it's like okay, close that's enough. Close. Yes, that's so, close. Yes. Yeah. And Kittle probably right there as well. There's good tight end depth all of a sudden. Yes, so, there is. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that would be the closest one. And so, yeah. The hard part with the, this one is, for me, is Dallas just plays so different at home. And it's trying to be able to quantify, like, how, okay, so they've got like 171 point, dif- plus 171 point yeah. differential at home. However, let me check something real quick. And let me just make sure that I have this correct because I was I was thinking about this. I'm the drive in. in. Yeah, probably on the drive in. We were thinking about stuff. We were thinking yeah. about this, but I feel like Dallas. <laughs> one thing about their games at home is they've played a lot of pumpkins at home. Oh, have they? Let's okay. go back through some of the games they have played at home this season. Love this. Okay, we've got the Jets. Okay, well, Patriots. Tell yeah. me when you tell me when you hear a good offense. All right, Jets, Patriots. Rams early on in the season. Early Rams was yep. not good, but still, I grant you they're better than what we've Absolutely. talked about before. Yes, Giants. No, Commanders. No. Seahawks, good offense. I guess that's where you're at. What do they do? 35 points. So that was the game with Geno Smith. Uh, I think that was a Thursday night game after, uh, right after Thanksgiving. Okay. Eagles, that was the Giants' best, I'm sorry, the Cowboys' best effort of the season defensively at home. 13 points allowed to that Philadelphia team. So that was a legit win. So now the Lions, I would argue the only team that stacks up to them, I mean, the two games, the two offenses that are reasonable, analogs for the Lions of the Seahawks and the Eagles, I guess the three and the Rams, but that was earlier season Rams. Like they've had some success. Like yeah. I think the Lions can move the ball more so than those teams that they totally bludgeoned early on in the season. As big of a test. Second use of bludgeon on the podcast. Yes, it I'm is. angry it today, is. apparently. As big of a test as both of these teams are going to have this year. And yeah. on the other side of this one field, yeah, a lot you, of ones, a lot of ones for me, Daniel. Uh, well, all right, let's talk about Dak Prescott. How do you not have Dak Prescott as, as much as it hurts me? Like this secondary is built to score fantasy points against. It is, Daniel. Your team is awesome against the run. I mean, terrific. They've been a total brick wall of late, but they have been the opposite of that against <laughs> the pass. Yes, I mean, true. In a game that was, it's not like this game. What was this final score of the Lions? 24-31? Last weekend? I think so. 30, yeah, so Something 24 like points is obviously a lot. But not like when I think of a 400 point, 400 yard passing effort, I'm like, oh, they must have hung like 38 on you, right? No, they have 24 points. So uh, Nick Mullins obviously was very aggressive down the field last week and it led to four interceptions. That was bad, but you can throw on Detroit that much. We know Dak Prescott has been excellent at home. Continue with that theme that we have been discussing already. I've got him as QB one. I mean, uh, the consensus rank is QB two. I just think he's that potent at home. Uh, big opportunity for both of these teams. Dak, my QB one, CD Lamb, my wide receiver one, yeah. same deal. Um, Question mark for me is only Tony Pollard because course, we yeah. watched, and I know Ty Chandler is not Tony Pollard, right? But when you talk about this, like 
They gave up 411 passing yards. Yeah. They gave up 17 rushing yards. Yep. 17, 17. rushing yards. As a matter yards. of fact, they barely even bothered running the ball with Ty Chandler. I think nope. it was eight carries, 17 yards, and zero targets for Chandler last week. Um, so I've got Pollard as RB18, and that feels totally trepidatious. You have to go back and look at the last six games that Tony Pollard has not scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about that side of the equation in just a moment. In five of those past six games, he's been under 10 fantasy points. Oof. And so, like, you think about other running backs that we were drafting in the first round of this year's drafts, mm-hmm. which is where Tony Pollard often went, and you're yeah. like, yeah, you know, if CMC doesn't score a touchdown, he might finish with only 19 fantasy points. Right. I mean, that's how ridiculous CMC is. And obviously he's the outlier, but uh, Tony Pollard feels like a touchdown dependent play. And he has proven himself, Daniel, to be one of the league's worst goal line finishers. I mean, that play will probably be associated with the highlight reel of Tony Pollard for a long time this past week. If if anybody, if, if, if people are saying, what play are you referring to last week against the Dolphins, Tony Pollard gets like a little half pitch from Dak Prescott going to the left the offense is left. And when he receives the pitch, you're like, easy touchdown. Should be. I mean, like, green grass, Cowboys go up at that play. Straight in the end zone. Right in the end zone. Somehow, Tony Pollard manages to run to about the goal line. Mm-hmm. And then everything but the football made it into the end zone. Yep. But if you saw the replay, yeah, like the ball was short. Yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys end up a player or two later giving the ball to Hunter Lepke, their fullback, who fumbles. Yeah. And they end up losing the game, obviously. Which That's not, not that every game is decided on just one play, but talk about a sequence of events that you want to have back. And it's just in line with Tony Pollard. I've said this several times now, and I think the Cowboys, um, you know, maybe have done, the, it's not like they get everything, right? No team does. But they tried to tell us all last year that Tony Pollard is better when being utilized in a smaller role mm. that allowed him to thrive on perimeter runs, Get out in space. I know that was a perimeter run, but there's a lot. There's just the, I know. There, there's there's less room at the goal line. At the goal line. There's just like you yes. have no vertical boundary that is uh, you have a vertical boundary that is not there when you're playing at your own 42 yard line. So anyways, um, it's a whole different equation. And I think they have legitimately and genuinely missed the presence of a finisher back. And I think that like Rico Dowdell might need to play a bigger role for them over the remaining portion of the season. That's a little bit of a tangent to say that I have Pollard as RB18. I don't but feel he makes good me about nervous. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly. The volume's still been good. So the Detroit Lions have not allowed the best a 70-yard rusher this season. They've they never the allowed best. someone to do it. Since, fantasy points allowed, yeah. Since week three, Tony Pollard has hit 70 rushing yards one time just on his own. Oh my God. And yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like, shoot, I'm hoping for either a touchdown or... Or like uh, some passing game usage that is not consistent. Like we've seen Tony Pollard absolutely get used in the passing game, yeah. but it has not been consistent this year to feel like I can count on three or four or five catches from him. It's like I might yeah. get a one catch for eight yard, you know, game out play. of Tony. It's yeah. in play, especially with the you know you got to figure that the Cowboys will sorry will be able to move the ball absolutely through the air down At the home, field to their other wide receiver to their wide receivers and even their tight ends. So uh, he makes me nervous. RB eighteen is where I landed with Tony Pollard, but. Uh, if you're frustrated and you don't want to play Tony Pollard and you have a reasonable other option, I understand hey, where you're coming from. Get it. Yep. I get it. All right. Thursday night preview field, Jates. Tonight's going to be either <laughs> a really fun. You didn't sound very excited. Or really, I just, I want America <laughs> to be with me yeah. during this moment here. Okay. We can talk about the game. Sure. But we can also talk about the very difficult decision that I now have mm-hmm. in the dynasty Superflex League. Oh, 
okay. Against Mike Clay in the finals. Oh, we, yeah. That yes. we discussed yesterday. Yes, yes. My QB2 is either Joe Flacco mm-hmm. or Jared Siddham. I expressed confidence in Jared Siddham earlier. You did. That was not strictly through the lens of like, I need to hope that this guy plays well for selfish reasons. Like I legitimately believe what I was talking about. I also think that Joe Flacco has been unbelievable over the past four weeks. I've watched him play football. Yeah. He has 16 plus fantasy points in each of those four games, including two games with 20 plus fantasy points. It's a really nice floor. They're playing at home. You like that, but they're playing the jets and that's where it gets complicated. Daniel and Joe Flacco is currently my quarterback. 21. I'm actually a couple spots ahead of consensus. His projection is 14.49 fantasy points. And there's something very important that we will not know. Well, we could know, but we will not know with certainty until the end. Uh, I'm sorry, like around 7 o'clock tonight, 645 Eastern time. Amari Cooper status. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Joe Flacco doesn't have Amari Cooper. Totally different situation. It feels to me like a different situation. Yep. Not that they have nobody left, but their very clearly best wide receiver being unavailable would maybe make me feel a little bit more at ease with the Joe Flacco versus Jarrett process, regardless of the result, right? Joe Flacco facing the number one defense in the NFL other than his own without his top receiver and no rushing upside. Like, yeah, that's the kind of guy that probably has less of a chance to reach 18, 19 fantasy points in a game. I don't want to do this to you, but I'm going to just really quickly. Would no, like assuming that this happens, yeah. would you rather play Joe Flacco without Amari Cooper or would you rather play Jared Stidham without Cortland Sutton? Uh, Joe, uh, Jared Stidham without Cortland Sutton. Without Cortland Sutton. Just because like okay. they have enough pieces. Like in, in like, There are other pieces within that offense. We like Jerry Judy more than we like. like and they're the, the tight ends, they spread the ball around. The running backs get utilized in the passing the games. The Chargers. Like much the matchup better, is a much yeah. better matchup. So yeah, so that's, but that is part of the equation as well. And... I won't know on Cortland Sutton nope. unless Sean Payton says something yeah. today. Yep. So I am I'm accounting for the possibility of him having both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And not that we're huge fans of, of his game right now, but yes, that's a fair question. So if I had to go for the over under on Joe Flacco, Mike's got him projected. Yeah. 14.5 fantasy points. with Amari Cooper over without him under. I think that's fair. I think that's a really good way to split that. Cooper had 51 fantasy points last week. Last two weeks, he has looked unreal. unreal. It has been fantastic. The one thing that I do love is that he still feels like, I feel like the number one pass catcher, and maybe I should have said this earlier to give him some credit. Like if Amari Cooper isn't there, I feel like David Njoku becomes the number one target rather than Elijah Moore. I agree. Yes. And like, I'm going to be very nervous about this going into this game tonight. I mean, Joe Flacco has been playing awesome. Yes. The Browns run the they throw the crap, but they throw it a ton. They play a very fast pace. They are extremely passive because they can't run the ball anymore. Four games with Joe Flacco, 44 passes, 45 passes, 44 passes, 42 passes. That's nuts. I had to go back and look at this. Like, and uh, all uh, of them are multi-touchdown games field. Yes. I'll flip back and forth. I saw this stat and I, I'm sorry to do this to the Jets fans that are watching right now. We'll say nice things about we'll the say. Jets in just a moment here. <laughs> well, but next year, next year, we'll the Jets nice. are about to go through their fourth straight season without a quarterback reaching 10 passing touchdowns. Oh my gosh. Joe Flacco has 10 this month. That's, I don't even know what to say to that. That's crazy, right? Absurd. Yeah. Four seasons without a quarterback reaching 10 passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. elite Joe Flacco at mm-hmm. 39 mm-hmm. off the couch yeah. has 10 this month. 10 this month. Now, if you're trying to make the case, so I, I want to wow. say a lot of nice things about Joe Flacco. I'm a huge fan of what he has done. And wow. obviously this Browns offense has been pretty darn compelling. If you're trying to make like kind of the counterpoint though for how that like 
like the amount of passing volume over the past four weeks, like could here's where I'm landing when I'm trying to make the decision. Like the fantasy analyst part of me aside is like, okay, look at those four games. Rams, 36-19, they win against Cleveland. Like obviously Cleveland's throwing the ball a lot a when bunch. you're down big, right? Yep. They beat the Jaguars 31-27, the game in which Trevor Lawrence was like iffy to play. He ends up playing. Yep. He throws for three touchdowns and 257 yards. Yep. The Bears versus the Browns, a game in which they were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter. Again, throwing the football a lot. Finally, Browns, Texans, and they just lit up that Texans team last week that was dealing with a bunch of injuries and no C.J. Stroud, so it's a different Texans team. This Jets team, if they're going to win tonight, which I will not be picking them, spoiler alert, (laughs) they want to play this game to a a 13-10 halt, right? Yep. That's kind of where I landed with Joe Flacco is that while the Browns cannot run the football maybe they're neutralized enough by that awesome jets defense that it ends up being like they win this game 16 10 or 16 7 yeah it's tricky man it is tricky these are two really good defenses for that you know for what they're worth i think like that's that's the part that's really hard here because when you see a guy like joe flacco who's delivered a really nice floor yeah and if you've been playing him it's likely because you don't have any other choices like you're streaming a guy because people have been hurt so it's like well shoot do i want joe flacco against the jets who has been playing great multi-touchdown games or do i want to pick one of these other streamers until yesterday i had no other option like this exactly in some ways i actually created my own confusion by playing defense against mike right um last thing i will say because again if you're trying to make the joe flacco case over Jared Stidham, which I'm sure is like a very popular problem that everybody has. <laughs> yeah. Joe Flacco, I mentioned the narrative that Sean Payton might be coaching with this weekend. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco might be playing with a bit of a narrative himself, right? Yeah. There might be yeah. a chip on Joe's shoulder as Joe was not re-signed by the Jets. He was with the Jets last year, obviously. Joe did not get a callback from the Jets. Or maybe he did, but he did not get an offer, at least it appears, because he was on his couch until a month ago. So Joe Flacco, maybe, just maybe, is like, you guys could have had this. Because while the Jets, uh, I think, are an inferior roster to the Browns by a little bit, not by a lot, and quarterback play could be the difference between this Jets team competing for a wild card spot yep. and where it's at right now, which is 6-9. and nine. All right, Amari Cooper is over. Our projection is 14.3 fantasy points. This one's tough because, again, without knowing, like, if he plays... I'm going to take the over here. Yeah, same with me. He's got a heel injury. Uh, Reports this morning suggest he is definitely like a real question mark. Yeah. But am I going to pick the under for a guy that's got 70 fantasy points over the past two weeks? Nope. No. So I'll pick the over there. Um, But closely monitor this one. I mean, like really closely monitor it. The good news is, of course, it's Thursday night football. Yes. If you find out he's inactive, you should have plenty of pivot options options. because you've got 15 games remaining after the one being played tonight. What about Garrett Wilson? Because this is a guy that go we, under here. usually yeah. we, we rely on volume, but even his volume has kind of been back and forth with a lot of this. 15.05 fantasy points is the projection by Mike. I'll go under because um, still a usable commodity. You know, it's hard to find like a bunch of more talented options than Garrett Wilson. But Trevor Simeon, man, that was a tough performance last week. Tough, Who? tough. Would you rather have Garrett Wilson or Amari Cooper in this one, or do you think they're ba- they're like right next to each they're other? They're close because the matchup stinks for both for of both them. of them. Yeah, but just like if you told me like, wow, he's healthy, Amari Cooper being red hot versus Garrett Wilson with Trevor Simeon, if I had to choose between them in a vacuum, it ended up probably being Amari Cooper. But yeah, both of them make me nervous because the matchup is that good. Like I I know that 
the Joe Flacco story and, you know, Garrett Wilson's talent are both incredible. Yes. But these teams have been like erasers for a lot of this season, like erasers. It's been crazy. Gosh, I know. I don't love this. This is this is the things that you don't want a week 17 where you're trying to make a decision on a championship lineup like a week 13. These yep. are two really good defenses mm-hmm. or week 13, week 17. Yeah. I don't want to go in on a Thursday night game looking it. at a dud after I pick the wrong guy in, in championship week. So yep. this one is tough. When I look at the running backs here field, honestly, I'm not looking at any of the Browns running backs. I don't I have them not to as, as well as yep. starters on the ball right now. If you are in a 16 team league and you don't have any other options, like that's where I start thinking about these guys. Otherwise, 10 teamer, I'm trying to pass. Let me get Jerome Ford's numbers here for a second because I I checked them recently and I was like, that is pretty uninspiring of late. And he is like the definition of touchdown dependent. All right. And let's go to the uh, players. How far back do you want to go? Over the past month. All right. So the game log here. You got it? Yep. Week 13 against the Rams, nine for 19. Yep. He did get in the end zone through a receiving touchdown. Yep. 14.2 14.2 fantasy points against the Jaguars, 12 for 51 yep. against the Chicago bears, eight. eight for 20 against the Texans, 15 for 25. Mm, yeah. So when yeah. you average 2.1, 2.5 and 1.7 yards per carry, yeah, not good. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. And Kareem hunt has not been a whole lot better. Yeah. This Brown team. And again, I'm now I'm back to like, should I play Joe Flacco <laughs> instead tonight? But uh, uh, I will take the under for Jerome Ford, 11.29 fantasy points. And the over on Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall, 15.85 coming off of that monster game where he had 95 rushing and receiving yards. He might have 10 targets tonight. And that's not crazy in spite of the fact that it sounds like it should be. No, not at all. I mean, they have Trevor Simeon under center, no Zach Wilson again tonight. They can't pass protect. The Browns are nasty. You're not going to have a bunch of targets going down the field to players not named Garrett Wilson. Yep. It's the Brees Hall show tonight for the Jets offense. Should be. Yeah. And beyond the potential for 10 targets... Brees Hall is the, I don't know how many guys are a better bet for a 50 yard run in the NFL right now. Don't. Yeah. Like if you're talking about a guy being able to break it and do some of those things, Brees Hall is as good a chance as anyone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. CMC, Jameer Gibbs, guys like that with great speed, but it's not a long list right now. No, it is not Not a long list. No, it is not. Yeah. Let's pick this game. I think you already said it. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns for my friend, not cool. Keith. What about you? I'm taking the Browns as well. Is Keith at the game tonight? I don't think Keith is in the office this week. Keith being from Ohio. If you're not here, you might be back where you're from. I think Keith could be there tonight. If he is there, I hope that the Browns give him a dub while he is at the game. He deserves that. He absolutely does. And the Browns, I think, would they clinch? I think they would clinch a playoff spot with a win tonight. Playoff spot, but not the division still. Yes, playoff spot, not the division. Because if you do the math, only the Bills, because you got teams like the Colts and the Texans and the Steelers who already have seven losses. So, yes, a playoff spot would be on the line for the Browns tonight. Very exciting. Very exciting. We got a couple couple of people in our YouTube chat also. Can I ask them a question? Playoff spot on the line. Sure, go ahead. YouTube chat. Whether you want to comment via typing it, I don't know if we have a poll in there. What do you guys think about Jared Sidham versus Joe Flacco, second quarterback? Dynasty League. That's a tough one. I would love to know. I would love to know where their like initial reaction benter is. And uh, we'll see. They're they're posting a poll right now. We'll see. So we'll do like a five minute poll and see who takes the cake and I might well just follow them. I might just follow might them. Just do it. I might just follow them. Why yeah, not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? All right. A couple questions here from our YouTube chat. Yep. This one comes from Lavos cloud. Okay. It says I have to pick three okay. between Brandon. Ayuk, Puka Nakua, Nico Collins and Jamar chase. Okay. Am awesome. I really not awesome. starting Jamar chase Maybe. in the championship is the question. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so uh, if CJ Stroud comes back, 
and he's under center and to be able to play quarterback with Nick, Nico Collins, that's, it's tough to bench him. It would be tough to bench him. It's borderline impossible to bench Puka. Yes. And Ayuk in that great matchup, it would be Jamar Chase. Like if you told me which of those four has the most, I don't like the word bust potential for Jamar Chase, but sure. the chance for a quiet day, it's probably Jamar Chase. It's probably Jamar Chase. That's a ridiculous statement. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, you're so good getting to the finals and now you've got to make the right decision because your team has got all these great assets, which in theory shouldn't be bad. But then right. like you start to do this thing in your head. And oh, it's, totally. Oh, I mean, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night normally to feed my daughter <laughs> these days. You're Instead, thinking about, I'm waking up because I'm like, crap, Joe Flacco. Or that's what it, is. Right? that's it's what it is. That's what it is. Drive me into a, uh, into a desperate hole at some point here. Uh, there, this one comes from Bodie 3000 wants to know Zeke. Or Aaron Jones. Ooh, that's a good one right there. Um, I have Aaron Jones ranked higher. Zeke, obviously, by the way, the news yesterday that Ramondre Stevenson out for the season. He's on IR. Yep. So Zeke will continue to play a very, very busy role for the Patriots, who I don't recall how many snaps he played. But like we didn't see a ton of Kevin Harris, the backup to Zeke now. So I would expect that uh, Aaron Jones... um, plays you know a similar role to last week against the vikings reasonable run defense matchup for him so i would go aaron jones uh the thing that probably concerns me most about zeke is that you really really need like seven catches or a touchdown from zeke yep. now he's given you both and two out of the post the past three weeks i believe you got literally seven catches and a touchdown in two of the past three um but against that bill's defense i'm worried the patriots fall down big early and they have to throw it more down the field as opposed to dump off city. I would also rather have Aaron Jones, although I am, I'm looking at these rankings and I wonder, I got to, we should ask Mike about this tomorrow. Mike has Ezekiel Elliott as running back 21 and everyone else has him outside the top 35. That's probably Ramondre Stevenson news because uh, you know, I mean, he has like, if we just look at the results, which Mike, his rankings are not results based. They are process based. True. He's got 20 plus fantasy points in two of the past three games. Which is so weird because if I was going to pick an offense where I was like, yeah, man, I feel comfortable about an offense getting 20 fantasy points for one of the guys. And like the Patriots would not be it. Would not me. be it. He, you know, he had 9.6 in the third game. So obviously not great, but still um, that floor is better than Tony like, Pollard would prefer. <laughs> you get Tony Pollard, you get you 9.6, uh, right? You might that. take that this weekend. All right. Would you rather, would you rather play? Ezekiel Elliott over Tony Pollard against the Detroit Lions? Uh, I have Zeke. Uh, I'll probably have a couple spots lower, okay, but that's I, fair. I, yes, that's, fair. that's honestly though. I consider it. Yeah, I mean, I you can, it, you can at least have a conversation about it, right? Totally. All right, this one is from Ace and X. Wants to know Kyler at the Eagles or Carr against the Bucks Man, for the it's championship. A great one. That's a great one. And as crazy as it sounds, you're gonna go Derek Carr. Yeah. How? Just because the matchup is Derek so Carr good. Derek has like five 300 yard passing games this season, which I think is second in the NFL. It's absurd. You can probably pull that up over talking here, but the matchup is so good. Buccaneers obviously allow the most passing yards in the entire NFL this season. They do. Uh, Saints can't run the ball again. I mean, not for big plays, at least. The Buccaneers can score as well. This one's got shootout potential. Kyler, as we have seen, has kind of like, he's been kind of like low-key uninspiring over the past couple of weeks here. Yep. And the rushing upside, obviously, is it exists for Kyler. It does not exist for Derek Carr. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go Derek Carr, though. Derek Carr has back-to-back 20-point fantasy games. He has six games with over 300 passing yards. Uh, and behind only C.J. Stroud, maybe? Ooh, that's a great question. I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure. Don't worry about that part, but six. I mean, six out of 16 games, 15 games, 40% of his games have been for 300-plus passing yards. Wow. It ain't pretty. 
but it works. But it works. Yep. Sometimes that's all you need. Field Jade's another couple of questions. Diego Rodriguez wants to know George Pickens or Demarcus Robinson need comes need some consistency. And George oh, Pickens God. scares me. I mean, if you need some consistency, that is not the answer. These are neither of these guys neither are the guys you want. Guy. Gosh, that's crazy. This must be a fairly deep league, and this must be like a three wide receiver or like you know a uh, you know two flex league or something like that. Ooh, Demarcus boy. Robinson has been uh, like the tough part is I don't think that I want Demarcus Robinson, but he's been utilized by Matthew Stafford the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna go with Robinson, Diego. Four touchdowns. I did not realize Demarcus Robinson has four touchdowns yeah. in back to back to back to back games. Four yeah. straight games he scored in the end zone. That's more consistent than George Pickens. I think that I think now I'm talking myself into Demarcus Robinson. 15.5, 13.6, well. 14.7, 20.2. That sounds like more consistency. Okay. Than George Pickens. Yeah. The people have spoken, by the way, Daniel. Uh oh. I don't know the exact number of votes that we have, but Tyler has informed me. Sixty five. Say I should play with Joe Flacco tonight. Ooh. Play Joe Flacco That's over what Jared I would do. Stidham. That's what I would do. You would as go well. with Flacco. I would as go well. with Flacco. Yep. I mean, one of those quarterbacks is elite. Yeah. The other the quarterback other is Jared, Jared Stidham. Stidham. So it's tough. I'm excited about Stidham, though. It's tough. You know what you need to do? You need to start Joe Flacco, and then you need to play Jared Stidham in like a, a showdown lineup. He's your captain for a showdown sure, lineup. Not a bad thought right there. You know, Wonder, you know again, if, if Flacco doesn't have Mark Cooper tonight, it does feel like a little riskier to Are me. you going to be tinkering right up until kickoff? Are you yes. gonna, is, is this like one of those ruckspin? If you ever watch the league, it's going to be like, you're, yes. you're going to tinker like right up until like, oh, dang it. No, I've convinced myself it's the other guy. Dude, like what else will I be doing? <laughs> I actually have the kids by myself tonight, so it's going to be, oh, I'll wow. be distracted at least for a little while. But they go to bed early. Yeah. Like my kids go to bed at seven. So I'll have an hour and 20 minutes to sit there. I'll sweat. I'll probably lose five pounds tonight. You probably set out both helmets, helmets for each one of them and put the girls and see pick. which. Yeah. Pick yeah. Like we see. Dude, my younger daughter is like almost crawling. It's the crazy. Like, I don't know how time flies with kids, man. It's wild. It's I'm unreal. Like, like a, um, I felt like yesterday you were just like a little egg that just like sat there and like burped and pooped. And now and, you're like, now you're doing stuff, grabbing stuff and trying to crawl. I'm like, you're funny. You do stuff. Funny? That's funny. Yeah. Well, kids being funny is the best part. My older daughter. Like we talk about being on the comedy podcast charts one day. If she takes over as a host, we will actually have a chance. Kids are freaking hilarious. So hilarious. Yes, they are. All right. Last question. This one comes from Wade Larson. Um, I don't think this is your friend, but he wants to know, do I start Terry McLaurin? Yep. Najee Harris? Yep. Or Drake London? Confirmed. It's not my friend. It's not your friend. To. Okay. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. Terry McLaurin, Najee Harris, or Drake London? Drake London's out for me. London is out as well. The way too much inconsistency. Correct. Najee's. He's been better of late. Floor. Najee's floor has been better of late. Yes. A little better. Yeah. But I'm still going Terry McLaurin. Are you? You just can't quit him. Can't quit him. And I think that this could be, again, I think there's a chance that they're up, they're down, like, you know, 28 to three, middle of the second quarter. And it's just Jacoby Brissett bombs away to Terry McLaurin. Okay. Bombs away. Just Jacoby Brissett doing his thing, man. I do love Jacoby Brissett. He really elevated Amari Cooper last year he for did. the Browns. We yeah. know that he can yeah. be a consistent quarterback for our fantasy wide receivers. So not a bad call there, Field. Man. That's a tough one, though. Magonizing right now. This, one, <laughs> this one's difficult. Joe Flacco. In case you're wondering, I don't really have any of those conversations. What's the number that if Joe Flacco puts up tonight, you're going to be like, Field really regrets that? If you don't play him? Yes. If you don't play Joe Flacco... And Joe Flock, I think 20 fantasy points is just like the easy baseline. Okay. So 15, you're like, yeah, all right, justifiable. If he gets 15, if he gets 18 and you get 13 out of Jared Stidham, it's like, man, five points hurts, but like five points, you know, I get, I get the conversation. Once he hits 20, once I see a two, 
for the like, first oh, one, it's like, oh, yeah, we got a problem here. Yeah, we got a problem. I did that last week where I started Jake Browning over Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Stafford scored 20 some fantasy points. Jake Browning scored 13. So Didn't matter. I mean, you still won. Still won. Yeah. Now still you and I we'll face see. off against each other. Well, you're not asking me lineup decisions in our matchup. You're talking well, the about the dynasty. With, like, matchup. The problem with our with our lineup in the in the uh, show league is that like all I've got is all I've actually my I kind of have a running back decision, but like. My wife, I have three receivers. Like the rest of my team does not exist. That's it. Like I've, I've got Josh Allen. Like I don't have a choice in so many spots. I have a running back decision to make between Ty Chandler. It's Ty Chandler, Zeke Elliott, Aaron Jones, Raheem Mostert, and Austin Eckler. Good luck choosing that one, people. Wait, were you the Aaron Jones, Zeke Elliott question? I was not. Is that okay? That I, got your answer. <laughs> I know, I know. But three, five running backs for three spots because we play three receivers. So we I'm do. already, I've kind of tapped on my uh, three wideouts there. Gosh, those are five pretty, those, those are five good running backs to choose between. I've yeah, got, yeah. I just, I got to choose between CMC, Alvin Kamara, and Rashad White. Yeah. So, is this show over again? It is. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. This was a very fun Thursday. We're going to be back tomorrow. You should trade me one of those guys. I think the trade deadline has passed, but I do love doing this show with you. Me too. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, with Stefania and Mike Clay, making sure that you are ready for the rest of your Week 17 lineup. The Fantasy Finals as we look at it. We love you guys. Wait, hold on. ESPN Bet Live promo. ESPN Bet Live today, 5 to 5.30 p.m. I'm going to be hosting with my buddy Mike Clay. He's going to join us and our friend Anita Marks. For four straight days? It is four straight days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I am hosting ESPN Bet Live. So go check me out there if you want to get some good uh, prop information. Going out with a bang in 2023. Having some fun. Doing my best Detroit Lions impression to make sure that I crush it at the end of the season Um, field. Putting this on record, Pistons Moneyline Saturday afternoon against the uh, Raptors. You heard it here first. first. You You heard it here first. We love you guys. Good luck on Thursday Night Football. Peace out. See you. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guide. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. He's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Phil